Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Looking at Lucasfilm with Brian Gaughan, the podcast with a different perspective on the world of Star Wars, Indiana Jones, and all of the other entities that George Lucas, Kathleen Kennedy, Dave Filoni, and John Favreau as long as the rest of the team at Lucasfilm have dreamed up over the past 40 years. I'm entertainment writer Jim Hill, and my co-host Brian Gaughan and I are recording this week's show on Sunday, August 13, 2023. And forgive me if we, we seem a little hurried here, but Brian's got a birthday party to go to, right? Yeah, my son. He's 22, so Aww. I got to get it. I know, I know. It's 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 so fast. Oh, no, no, totally. Yeah. Before we start, I want to say I listened to Disney Disney Dish mm-hmm. with Josh Gad oh. and oh my gosh, it was amazing. You two were terrific. I could listen to hours of you two talking. He just seems one of the most amazing people. Josh is the real deal. I mean, Josh, I I don't know if I ever told you the story about the first time Josh and I met, no, I'm backstage at D23 for the very first expo, and it's just a couple of months before Frozen comes out. And so you know, you're backstage on the press line, and you get your two minutes, and you know they they step and move to the next person. And so so again, here comes the cast of Frozen: Adina Mazel, Kristen Bell, that sort of thing. So Josh is with this is the handler comes up and they, they do the quick introduction. Josh, this is Jim Hill. And Josh just gets big eyed and looks down at there's a little piece of paper on the floor that says Jim Hill Media. And then he looks up, it's like, You're Jim Hill? And it's like, Yes. It's like, oh, no. I'm obsessed with you. And it's just like, <laughs> what? And it just it turns out that, you know, he's a big honking Disney dweeb. And I guess while he was on stage in, on Broadway in Book of Mormon, you know, he had sent me a, a question that I was supposed to answer as part of a Y4 column. And I never did. But uh. but again, the press line derails because Josh <laughs> won't stop talking to me. And the handler's like, Josh, we have to move along. Josh, no, hang on, I've got questions. And literally, there's this bottleneck of celebrities who are waiting to come through, and Josh won't let them go by. And eventually, the handler's like, look, we, we really got to go. And he's like, we're going to talk. We're going to talk. And that was pretty much the start of it. I mean, he, but he is genuinely a huge fan of the stuff. In fact, what's so funny is that the show we recorded for, while Len was away. I mean, we, again, his his assistant was like, you know, Taylor, we only have an hour and Josh has to get ready for a trip to Italy and that sort of thing. So we finished the hour. And it's like, Josh, thanks so much for talking. He's like, no, 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 we're not done. And another 15 minutes of, of you know, what have you heard about this? What have you heard about that? And I was just sort of like, no, he he, he is the real deal. And, and very, very, very much looking forward to seeing him and his friend Andrew, Andrew Reynolds, in Gutenberg the Musical, uh, starting next month at the uh, James Earl Jones Theater, I want to say. Yeah, did you did you get to see him in Mormon, the Book of Mormon? I did not. I did oh, not. You man, know, I mean, that would have been incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, mind you, you know, I can go on YouTube and, <laughs> you know, there's a, a surprising number of, of people with phones and cameras up in the balcony. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, but I just wanted to say that because things like that is just it's it's nice to know that mm -hmm. what you are doing mm -hmm. and what we're all doing, your whole group mm -hmm. is is out there and people really appreciate it. When people come up to us mm -hmm. at shows and stuff, it it just really makes me feel good that you know that there is an Hold audience. Hold on, because that <laughs> reminds me of something. I was going to do this at the 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 end of the show, but let's do it up front here. You mentioned on our last show when you were at Comic-Con and Bill Stout's booth, that lovely family that you and I met at the D23 Expo September of last year, who came up and told us the story about how they were at Shanghai Disneyland on Thanksgiving and right. the chefs there took pity on them and actually cooked them or tried to cook them at American Thanksgiving. <laughs> and it was such a great story. I remember telling them at that time, it's like, get in touch with me. I want to bring you on the show for Thanksgiving to tell that story. And the idea kind of fell by the wayside. But Thanksgiving 2023 is coming. And and more to the point, I know that they're out there because you met them at Bill Stout's booth. Yeah. So please, nice family, reach out to me, Jim at JimHillMedia.com. And, you know, happy to bring you on the show with myself and Len so you can tell that story. Now that we've done that, we are 10 days out from the start of Star Wars Ahsoka, uh, which will debut on Disney Plus on Wednesday, August 23rd, with two back-to-back -back episodes, and then begin dropping new episodes on that subscription streaming service every Wednesday through October 4th, which is when the last of the eight episodes uh, that Dave Filoni has crafted for what we'll hope is the first season of Star Wars Ahsoka. Now, mind you, I think we talked on the last show about the May 22nd death of Ray Stevenson, who, yeah, in a situation like this, where the performer has passed, but the thing that he appears in hasn't aired yet, what's the proper tense here? Is it that he plays the role or that he played the role? I think it's plays, and the reason I say that is because remember when... Peter Finch died during, um, and even Heath uh, Ledger died mm -hmm. during uh, Batman, and then uh, what was the the film Network? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. they didn't mention too much that they were gone, mm -hmm. but that they played this role. Okay, okay. So I think you would say Ray Stevens played this role. Okay, well, okay. So following Brian's advice, here. or play? No, is playing this role. <laughs> Jesus, I don't even know what I'm talking about. But I was I was just devastated because I love Ray Stevens. I mean, you remember he was in Zemeckis's Beowulf. Oh God, you're right. Yeah, with Angelina Jolie as Mama Grendel. Trust me, you don't want to circle back on that movie. Okay, <laughs> back to Ray Stevenson though. He plays played whatever. Plays. Uh, Balin Skull in Star Wars Ahsoka, and this character is supposed to be a former Jedi Knight who survived Order 66, a.k.a. the Great Jedi Purge. And as this limited series is getting underway on Disney+, Plus, Skull has reimagined himself as a mercenary. Not only that, but Balin has taken on an apprentice called Shin Hati. Now, they don't think of them. He doesn't think of himself as a Sith, right? He thinks of himself as the Dark Jedi. And now, you see, the problem is all of the info we have right now about 
Balin Skoll is from an interview that Ray Stevenson did with Empire Magazine, which was published back in May. And he was talking about the, the very thing you're mentioning here, that that doesn't think of himself as a Sith, think of himself more as a mercenary. And should there be a second season of Star Wars Ahsoka? And if, if Balin somehow survives the initial storyline that gets told over season one's eight episodes... What do you think they'd do? Would, would this be a, a recast, or are we another Peter Cushing in Rogue One situation? What? If he survives, but if you were doing it, wouldn't you just take him out? The other sort of domino we have here is Dave Filoni's feature film debut, the project that he, the Star Wars film that he's prepping that is supposed to be the Avengers version of all of the Disney Plus Star Wars series that you know, is supposed to be some sort of grand epic adventure that folds the cast of The Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett and, and Ahsoka into one giant adventure set in a galaxy far, far away. But don't they usually kill off one bad guy? I mean, there's going to be three bad guys in this series. There's Thrawn, there's Darth Vader, and there's this guy too. So unless he, you know, he becomes you know, like what happened with... Um, in Obi-Wan, mm-hmm. uh, what was her character's name? Reva. Ah, there we go. Third sister. Okay. Unless they do what the, they did in that mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of switched her character, mm-hmm. I, I don't see... I mean, you got to get rid of one bad guy, yeah, right? Okay. <laughs> this is true. But uh, to circle back to Ahsoka, what's frustrating the folks at Disney right now is what with the the, the actors' strike, uh, none of the actors I know. that appeared in Ahsoka are going to be available to do the the traditional publicity appearances that studios schedule when they have a high-profile project like this. And remember, this has been in the works for quite a while, Brian. I mean, uh, Ahsoka first got announced in December of 2020, which, again, fascinating, because that's nine months after the pandemic began, and everybody knew at that point what that was going to mean to produce a show this ambitious with all of the COVID protocols and that sort of place. But production began May 9th of last year, wrapped on October 10th, so a five-month-long shoot. What's especially fascinating about this situation is Disney is being incredibly closed-mouthed right now about what Star Wars Ahsoka supposedly costs to make. Uh, Likewise, what the studio is now being forced to spend to promote uh, the August 23rd debut of this limited series now that the actors are just not available to go on live with Kelly and Mark or, or yeah, well, was Tonight great. Show, Today Show, that sort it's of It's great at all these, um, mm-hmm. when they do the interviews, especially with this cast, I would have loved to seen this cast, you know, goofing around, talking to each other and, and things. I mean, that's what I look forward to each time there's something big because it's neat to see how these people still get along and and how you know they they went through this and the little stories they tell back and forth yeah that's going to be a big miss yeah i know i know but we will get to exactly why disney is being closed mouth about this topic in the news portion of today's show which by oh. the way gets on the way uh shortly but first want to point out that looking at lucifer has a brand new sponsor 
which is Touring Plan's own travel agency. So if you're headed down to Walt Disney World in the not-so-distant future, why not give these obviously knowledgeable folks, uh, let them help you book a vacation package to that resort. And, and if you're nice, they may even toss in a subscription to Touring Plan's for free. Seriously, though, folks, if you're planning on visiting Central Florida anytime soon, Touring Plan's own travel agency is the smartest way to go. Please check them out at touringplans.com backslash travel. To jump into it here, so why is the cost of promoting Star Wars Ahsoka suddenly such a sore topic with the suits back in Burbank? Did you hear, I mean, you could listen in, uh, you know, the earnings call that Disney did just four days ago. This is where uh, Bob Iger revealed that one of the main reasons that the studio side of the Mouse House had to take a reported $243 million loss wow. on the previous three months, uh, the, the period ending on July 1st, was because of the marketing costs of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. By the way, I, as Disney cited in the physical paper versions of the, the quarter, their quarterly earnings report, that James Mangold movie was launched in most ter- territories worldwide in late June, uh, June 30th to be exact. So just not to put too fine a point on it, but we're only talking about the money they lost on marketing Dial of Destiny at this point. The really bad news about how much the company lost from the th- theatrical release of Indy 5, we're not going to know about that till the three-month-long period we're in right now, which doesn't end until October 1st. By the way, the that will be the, the end of the official fiscal year for the Disney company for 2022-2023, not to mention the start of the next fiscal year, 2023-2024. But what I've been hearing, Brian, it's bad. And in fact, right now, stateside gross for Indy 5 now sits at $172.6 million, which it's been in theaters for 45 days. And... It's now dropped from a high, and again, you know, as a former theater projectionist, you know, you'll appreciate this. At one point, Indy was being shown on 4,600 screens around North America. And as of this weekend, it's down to 790. So then when you factor in its two-hour and 34-minute runtime, what the folks at Disney have been telling me is like, look, if we're lucky, the North American box office total uh, will eventually wind up, it'll top out at 175 million. And that's it. Overseas, slightly different situation. Uh, To date, they've sold 198 million worth of tickets. And given that there's still a handful of territories that the James Mangold movie has to go into, it's possible but not probable that Indy 5 will make an additional 27 million overseas which would then allow Disney to close the books on Dial of Destiny and say that okay this previously thought to be highly anticipated sequel sold 400 million dollars worth of tickets worldwide during its theatrical run which I have to tell you is significantly south of what Disney's original box office projections for this project were. Now, I, I was mentioning that that very nice family 
that Brian and I met at the D23 Expo. And I want to say we met them walking out of the studio presentation. I, I think we were still clutching our our posters that they gave us at that thing when we, we bumped into the, the folks just outside of Hall D23. But uh, over the course of that same event, I, I got the chance to chat with one of the many producers of Indy 5. And I said, okay, so you know, what are you guys thinking you're possibly going to make off of this? And what was fascinating, I got this answer that was, you know, I mean, a kind of a, a perfect example of Hollywood math. They, the guy basically said, well, look, based on what the previous films in this franchise have earned uh, when they were out in theaters, and 1981, original Raiders uh, made 248 in uh, North America, uh, $141 million overseas, total box office gross, $389 million. 84, Temple of Doom did 179 million domestic, uh, 153 overseas, a box office total, 30, uh, $333 million. Uh, Last Crusade in 89, $197 million worth of tickets in the States, uh, $277 million overseas, box office total of $474 million, I get just shy of half a billion dollars. And then in, in 2008, King of the Crystal Skull came out, made $317 million in the States, $473 overseas, worldwide box office total of $790 million. And this is where it got fascinating, Brian, because, you know, the guy proceeds to go, okay, look, we're anticipating, it's the last movie, the the uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, made $790 worldwide. You know, and, you know, if we're, you know, and, and by the way, there is a perception out there that this was the least successful of the shows, of the films, uh, story-wise. But it still made $790 million worldwide. So, from what I was told September of last year, well, you know, you got to allow for inflation, you know, when it comes to ticket prices, you know, over the past 15 years. And But he says, look, if... Indy 5 only does two-thirds of what Crystal Skull did back in 2008. We're still looking at three-quarters of a billion dollars. If we get lucky and we meet the same level of enthusiasm that we saw back in 2008, this thing will make more than a billion dollars. Now, let's take a step back to where we are today. Remember, low-end, that's like, well, you know, we'll, ha we'll have to accept $750 million if only two-thirds of the, the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull fans come out. As of right now, today, Dial of Destiny has made less than half of the, their low-end box office projection. That's not a disappointment. That's a disaster. And the He-Man Woman Haters Club portion of Lucas fan films are already seizing on this moment to say, okay, this is it. This is when Disney finally fires Kathleen Kennedy for her obvious gross incompetence. And guys, I got to tell you, it ain't going to happen. Just in the past week, have you seen the stuff that's bubbling up online because Kathleen Kennedy and her husband, a producer, Frank Marshall, have put their home in Malibu uh, up for sale. I, I, I want to say they're asking, what, $18.5 million? 
Oh, are people saying that they're selling the house because of what happened with Indy? Well, they're saying that, well, you know, it's only a matter of time now that Disney's going to fire, you know, Kathleen for what happened with Indy. And, you know, they're going to need that money, <laughs> you know. And it's like, okay, first of all, Kathleen and Frank, I mean, if you look at their history as produ producers, I mean, they're the producers of E.T., they're the producers of Jurassic Park, they did the Back to the Future trilogy, they did the right Jason now. Bourne. They don't need to get the money to keep the lights on at the house, you know. I mean, they're, they're ridiculously well off already. Just in the past year or so, because of the new... Now, I know out there they call it the millionaire's mansion tax, but it's really, what is it? It's the fund that California is supposed to use to help solve this, the homeless problem, right? The, right. The, the surtax they're placing on on especially large estates. And, and to be honest, there's a number of people who, you know, sort of staring down the barrel of this, thought, eh, time to get out of my oversight. Yeah, but there's just, also, mm -hmm. there's just so much you can mm -hmm. see the ocean. I mean, it does the same thing over and over again. And, mm -hmm. and sometimes, you know, waves come up to your house, mm -hmm. and it, it just gets irritating. So I think this is <laughs> well, a... See, I, I think they're, you know, I think this is a, a lifestyle change. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to move to the desert, maybe. Uh, well, get on that. I I think there's some people in Phoenix who'd like to have a conversation with you right about now. Well, just wait a couple um, years, and the ocean may come right up to Phoenix. Mm, so that's an interesting point. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> now to circle back to that quarterly earnings call, and remember, you know, we, we have a, a Disney company that says, okay, we have a, you know, two hundred and forty-three million dollar loss related to promotional costs for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. And but let's also remember, it's not been a great summer for Disney theatrical releases. Uh, you know, for example, The Little Mermaid came out the live action version of that, and it's done less than half the business. That the live-action Beauty and the Beast, which, by the way, also starred Josh Gad as as LeFou, when that came out in 2017, it made $1.2 billion worldwide. Right now, Disney's live-action Little Mermaid, which, again, they spent almost as much money on promoting as they did indie, that's currently sitting shy of, of, of $500 million dollars which when you spent $250 million making your movie is not a good thing. So Disney is looking to recover this money in any way that it can. So let's talk about what's about to happen to the cost of your monthly cost of Disney plus. Did, did you see this where they're, they're, they're jumping? I, I, I knew it was happening yeah. and I just, um, I wanted not to think about it, okay. so I just <laughs> okay. closed my ears and la, eyes. La, la, not listening. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, no, I did a lot of la, la, la. Okay, but, uh, well, uh, you know, the, the time to face the music, Brian, they're jumping the price of the ad-free version of Disney Plus oh, by 27%. It's going to go from $11 a month to $14 a month. Likewise, the ad-free version of Hulu and and speaking of which, I haven't. I also haven't started watching season three yet, 
of only murders in this building. So I, I have been remiss in a lot of, of when it comes to a lot of <laughs> must-see media. But ad-free version of Hulu is uh, jumping $3 as well, going for $15 a month to $18 a month. And and then to make sure the mouse is going to get every dollar possible here, they're going to start cracking down. They're, they're pulling in Netflix. They're going to crack down on password sharing. Which brings me full circle to, am I the problem? I did not, I have yet to go to a theater to see Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Now, mind you, Nancy's seen it. You know, she went out with her, her you know, she has this lovely group of friends who go, go out and have lunch and then they go see movies. And, and she enjoyed it, but it's, it's one of these things where the irony is, I'm so busy as an entertainment writer, I can't, I can't stop you, you, to watch you can't movies. See the entertainment. I can't see the entertainment. And could anything have fixed this? Could could a different promotional campaign? Could a different release date? The thing about mm -hmm. what I think about this film is, I mean, first of all, I loved it because I love Indiana Jones and I love the puzzles. There are little things. I, I mean, it was. First of all, it's too long. Well, two hours and 34 minutes. Yeah. All, the, yeah. all the other movies were under two hours for the most part. And that's what you have to have. You have you have to have quick mm -hmm. action going on. Second, yeah. they showed Indiana Jones down on his luck. Yeah. Indy's not supposed to be down on his luck. Mm -hmm. Indiana Jones is our hero. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's not an anti-hero. Mm -hmm. Why make him such? Mm -hmm. And he's getting a divorce. And the whole thing about his son... What, his son would have been 40 years old or 50 years old going to Vietnam? I don't know if there's a lot of 50-year-olds going well, to Vietnam. Closer to 30, but I, I get what oh, you're okay, saying. Oh, well. <laughs> okay, well. Okay, okay. So. But there, there's all these little little things. And also the, the goddaughter. I mean, mm -hmm. she steals it from him mm -hmm. to sell it off. Mm -hmm. And then she gets it back, and now they go on an adventure. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you cut that whole middle part out mm -hmm. where she's trying to sell it off and da-da-da-da, then you'd have this, you know, good little buddy film mm -hmm. of them doing this together, which it, which that's when it starts getting great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's a little muddle at the end. Mm -hmm. I mean, you you probably know what the dial is and what the dial does. Yeah, and the, the whole... I mean, again, I apologize, folks. If, if there's somebody out there who's actually like me who hasn't seen this yet, I... Maybe we can get Aaron to put the klaxon, the, the spoiler <laughs> klaxon from Marvelous Disney in here. But the, the Siege of Syracuse that they, they come yeah. up, you know. and Which was amazing and which I loved. But they didn't explain it well enough for us to, to really realize that. And, and they didn't, and they didn't tell us, you know, what was the outcome? I know, I think we knew the outcome because there's an image on the tomb mm -hmm. that shows, you know, a Phoenix or, mm -hmm. you know, with wings and things like that. So did they win that battle i mean you know how many people knew that there was a battle mm -hmm. and that he eventually died mm -hmm. Al alchemides is that his name? archimedes yep mm -hmm. archimedes that he eventually died mm -hmm. later yep. in the battle mm -hmm. i believe yep. or in another battle mm -hmm. and and it was a great history lesson but they didn't give us enough because mm -hmm. i know it went over people's heads and they just said well okay i'll accept it but they didn't want to go back to see it and that's what happened with the other films. 
especially the ones that did, you know, maybe not the second one, but the first one and mm-hmm. the third one, yeah. and even the fourth one, is people kept on going back they because they there were things that they missed the first time. There were characters that were not down on their, their luck, that mm-hmm. they were, you, you wanted to root for them. And, and here it was like, okay, Indy's down on his luck. Mm-hmm. What am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Um, here's his uh, stepdaughter who's kind of dissing him. Mm-hmm. What am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. I mean, the bad guy's a bad guy, but everybody else was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think was the problem. Is, and then there was too much fan service too. The other three movies did not have any fan service mm-hmm. for for the most part. I mean, there was pictures or there was mm-hmm. you know mention of somebody, but this had fan service where they they even redid a whole scene. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I think that kind of hurt it too because then it was becoming meta, mm-hmm. and and I think at this time and the especially my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, generation, they don't like meta too much. They like, okay, this is a new thing. Give me something new. Don't go back to the old old ways. Just give us something new. And that's what I think was what was hurting it. But to go back to it, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I will see it again. Mm-hmm. I will study it. I will get sucked up into it. Mm-hmm. Because watching Harrison Ford is... And the character. I mean, young Indiana Jones... Is a brilliant series because mm-hmm. of the character itself, mm-hmm. and you know what the character becomes, so you are invested into the character. Mm-hmm. And when he starts, you know, going to Versailles for the the treaty after World War One, or mm-hmm. he he um, dates Matahari, or he goes to Ireland for the the troubles, you are invested in him and what he's doing. Mm-hmm. You're not invested in Indiana Jones until the very end where he's in Syracuse. Mm-hmm. So that's my review on it. Okay. And I'm curious to hear when you do see it, okay. we'll have another um, update and we'll argue about it or whatever. Interesting you kept using the word investment there because that's the other thing that came out of this earnings call. You know, We had Iger mention that going forward, the company will aggressively be working to lower the cost per title of the various films that Disney is making, not just for theatrical release, but also over on Disney Plus and the limited series there and the like. And of course, one of the other things that Disney did recently to help reduce debt and get operation costs under control was shutting down the halcyon and when we get back from this break we're going to talk about for those of you who weren't able to get on uh the galactic star cruiser during a short run there are actually some souvenirs available for members of the general public but we'll get to that moment but first this the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. 
McKissick helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, news broke on May 20th of this year that Star Wars, the Galactic Star Cruiser, which first opened back in, on uh, March 1st, 2022, and offered guests a two-day-long immersive experience, starting at just $5,000 a person, it would be setting sail for the very last time on September 28th of this year. And, and when that news broke, as soon as reservations reopened, the remaining sailings went clean. The very last guests will depart on the Halcyon, uh, will, excuse me, will depart from the Halcyon on September 30th, which again, again, to circle back to what we just mentioned, is just ahead of the end of the fiscal year for the Disney company for 2022-2023. Back on June 27th, Josh DeMauro, the chairman of Disney Parks Experiences and Products, did mention while he was doing an interview with the Points guy, uh, which again popped up online in, in late June, he said something will happen with this facility, oh. which sits just off of the, the former Wool Drive entrance to Disney's Hollywood Studio. Now, here's the exact quote. No hints yet. But something will happen. And if you're aboard the Halcyon, there are two opportunities to, to pick up swag and, and, and that sort of thing. There is a boutique off of the, uh, the atrium. But what's kind of interesting is it's only after you actually get off, you finish your two-day cruise on the Halcyon, and you're walking out with your bag and you're, you're supposed to be picking up your car, that directly to the right there is the traditional Disney theme park gift shop where, you you know, the T-shirt that says Galactic Star Cruiser and the coffee mugs and the, the pen sets and whatever, you know, that's there. But if out ahead of the closing of this thing, which again, remember, you know, the last sailing on the 28th through the 30th, there are a, a number of things that Disney put out there to sort of support this new theme park experience. And first and foremost was The Princess and the Scoundrel, which was published in August of last year, August 16th, 2022. This is the story of Princess Leia and Han Solo's uh, wedding and their honeymoon, which, which was held on the Halcyon. So if you want to get something that describes the Halcyon in great detail, uh, you can pick this up. But the other thing that is fascinating, in fact, I just went on eBay this past week to make sure that I got all five copies of this, but there was Star Wars Halcyon Legacy, which was a five-comic miniseries that Marvel Comics did last year. It started 
on February 2nd and then ended on August 3rd, uh, 2022. And what's kind of interesting, I mean, it's this time-jumping story, but over the course of the five issues, they introduce you to every member of the crew of the Halcyon, in addition to the supporting characters that will come on, the various scoundrels and, and that sort of thing. So if you want your own chunk of Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser history, this hardcover book, which I believe they've just released in paperback, likewise, these five comics from Marvel are a great start. And it's going to be interesting going forward to see what the folks at Lucasfilm, especially on the publishing side, do in regard to the Halcyon. Does it continue to exist in the publishing realm? Or is this you know, one of those things where I have no idea what you're talking about? We never mentioned that. Go away, kid. You bother me. And speaking of things that bothered me in the past couple of weeks. We lost Paul Rubens on, on July 30th, you know? Wow. Yeah. And I met him one time. Did you really? Oh. Yeah. I was working on a, um, a Sylvester Stallone film, mm -hmm. Lockdown. Mm -hmm. I was in the production office. Okay. And he, in, in Culver Studios, and they were mm -hmm. going to start up Pee-wee's uh, Playhouse. And he went into the studios mm -hmm. to look around, and mm -hmm. he and and um, Paragon, mm -hmm. John Paragon, yeah, who played Jumpy, Jumpy, right. there we go, yeah. But okay. John, he was great. Paragon was the connection between mm -hmm. Paul mm -hmm. and also Cassandra, um, who plays Elvira. Oh yeah, because okay. he was like their producer. He was. He was um, a zombie, and then he was like the breather and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But they all came from the Groundlings. Mm -hmm. And um, the the funny thing when I uh, saw mm -hmm. when I went to see uh, Star Tours, yep. uh, you know, when I went with uh, Christian Slater, we came out of there and we're going. He says that voice sounds familiar. Yeah. The Rex voice sounds familiar. Yeah. And and I said I think it's. Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman, and, and there was no, mm -hmm. there was no kind of promotion. There was nothing no. to say it was him, and they kept it under wraps for a surprising amount of time. I mean, you are you are not wrong there. The story I heard is a friend of mine worked on um, Flight of the Navigator, mm -hmm. and they had a voice for the ship, mm -hmm. and it wasn't working. Mm -hmm. So Randall Kleiser, mm -hmm. who is a, a friend oh. of Paul, yeah went to Paul mm -hmm. and said, could you do this? Mm -hmm. Now, Paul has already been, you know, on the Roxy, in the Roxy um, mm -hmm. version of Pee-wee's Playhouse mm -hmm. and then also um, the movie. Yep. So he said, yes, but what if I do a, use a, a, a pseudonym mm -hmm. so nobody knows it's me? Mm -hmm. So when you see the credits, mm -hmm. you see the ship voice is Paul Mall. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Now, remember that Paul Mall was a cigarette it brand? It was, it was. <laughs> I, I, I want to say that, that, that that's what killed my grandmother. But anyway. Um, but then my but then what happened, they were doing um, Star Tours, mm -hmm. and they said, well, who, who are we going to get for Rex? Mm -hmm. And somebody says, well, why don't we get the same voice that was in Flight of the Navigator? So they didn't know who it was. <laughs> so they called Randall. Mm-hmm. And um, Randall said, yeah, that's Paul Rubens. Mm -hmm. So they brought him in, and 
you know, the rest is history. I mean, I remember listening to it, mm-hmm. and it was just, it was so perfect. Yeah. But nobody, not a lot of people got it that it was connected to Pee Wee Herman. I mean, there no. were some, no. there was the laugh. Yeah. But you, you, you basically thought, no, that's somebody doing yeah. Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. But yeah. it was. It was Paul. It was Paul. Pretending was, to be Pee Wee Herman. Yep. And <laughs> by the way, if you haven't heard Brian's great story about Christ, taking Christian Slater to the, what, it was a 30-hour long party? Yeah, okay. it was, we were there for at least 20 hours. It okay. was amazing. Okay, but... Star Tours debuts at Disneyland June 9th of of 1987. Now, mind you, that version closes uh, on July 26, 2010, to then make room for Star Tours The Adventures Continued, which is the multi-branching version of the same simulator. You know, the gimmick is you have multiple destinations, you have multiple possible outcomes. I mean, it's a really cool version of the ride, and it debuts in Anaheim May 20th, 2011. But Paul Rubens is kind of bummed by this because this is the version of the ride that then gets flown by C-3PO, which again, if you're a Star Wars fan, is really cool. But on the other hand, Paul, who loves the parks, you know, it's like, oh, I'm no longer part of the Disney parks. You know, and, and for somebody who who loves childhood and childish things as much as Paul Rubens clearly does, this was a huge loss. And yeah, the, the Imagineers, you know, they did things like, if you're walking through the queue, there is, in fact, a Rex sitting there, you know, as you go to that winding stair that takes you up to the, you know, you, he's still in his packing crate. He still has his tag that says remove before installation, but it's an <laughs> Easter egg and it's it's not Paul talking. And but this is why I love Dave Filoni. All right. Because evidently Dave Filoni hears that Paul Rubens is upset that Rex is no longer a part of of Star Tours. And so this is when Disney buys Lucasfilm in 2012. And one of the very first things they put in the works is the animated series Star Wars Rebels. And so this tells you what a great guy Dave Filoni is. They are three episodes into the show, you know, for season one. When he calls, you know, he he calls Paul Rubens and goes, hey, Paul, we're working on a show where Star Tours, in fact, we, we, we have Star Tours take, you know, in fact, this episode's called Droids in Distress, and it's R2-D2 and C-3PO need to be transported to, to a far corner of the galaxy, and they take Star Tours. So they were aboard a Starspeeder 3000, and we'd love you to come back and record dialogue for that character. And Paul was like, I'll be there tomorrow. And what Paul especially loved about this is this changed Rex from a character, Star Wars character, that was only in the Disney parks to it was now part of Star Wars canon. And not only that, he's in an episode with, you know, C-3PO, you know, Anthony Daniels, you know, doing the voice of that character and R2-D2. And so he's he's back in the game. And 
And then what was kind of cool, you know, we jump ahead a couple of years and the company decides we're going to do Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and we're going to do Oga's Cantina and, you know, we need a DJ in the club and who do we decide to go with? Well, let's get Rex. I mean, you know, and, and so now, mind you, I don't know. In fact, I didn't have time before we got today's show together uh, to research whether or not Paul came back to record uh, any new dialogue or anything like that for Ogus Cantina. I'm hoping there's a Star Wars fan out there can a- answer that question. Uh, but isn't it, it's different stuff. It's different dialogue, isn't it? I mean, it's Paul's voice. Or at least it sounds like Paul's well, voice. Well, again, the thing of it is, is that I have been into uh, only this past March after you know better part of three years standing in that line. I finally got into Ogus Cantina. And to be honest, all I heard was the music. I never actually heard mm. Rex talk. So uh, if anybody has any info out there about whether or not Paul came back and recorded new dialogue or or even if Rex actually talks in Ogus, we, we'd love to hear from you. And and also, again, reminder, nice family that we met at the, you know, the Anaheim <laughs> Convention Center that had... Thanksgiving dinner at, you know, at Shanghai Disneyland. I want to be able to tell that story. So reach out again, Jim at jimhillmedia.com. Send me a note. All right. So folks, that's going to do it for this week. Now, mind you, Brian and I will be back in two weeks time, which again is just days after the first two episodes of Star Wars Ahsoka debuts on Disney plus on August 23rd and have really, really high hopes for this series, I just, you know, but again, I just, I don't know how they're going to promote it. In the meantime, Brian, where can the nice people find you on social media? It's on X Twitter, Geek at Children, C H I L D R E N. No, no E D R N. Okay. And um, I'm around there, but most people know my name, and I'm also on Instagram, and you know, and and I I, I put things out there, so. Mm-hmm. Um, if anybody wants to talk to me, it's easy to find me. Yeah. Where, where are you, Jim? I, it's the same thing. I am at X, Twitter, <laughs> Twitter X, whatever we're calling it. Uh, likewise, Instagram as Jim Hill Media. Over, also over on Facebook is Jim Hill Media News. If you could do Brian enough a favor, if you could head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and recommend looking at Lucasfilm, uh, that would be very, very helpful. And if you really, really, really like what you heard here tonight, If you want to head over to Bandcamp and subscribe, uh, that would be cool, too. And also, just, you're finally able to talk about this. Uh, Len Testa, Jim Schull, and I have been working for two years on our first ever video series, Disney Unpacked, which is supposed to debut on October 1st. But if you go to YouTube, we have a couple of, of videos and you can subscribe so you can be among the first to see the show. You, you already have about 500 subscribers, don't you? Well, <laughs> actually, this morning when I looked, uh, we were up to <laughs> 666. And it was wow. like, it was like well, well, are you kidding me? 666? No, that was the thing. That was the problem. Oh, it's my like, gosh. It's like, uh oh, you know, that. It's, it's well, I you know, that, and you know, it's really hard to get an exorcist on a Sunday, but it's since gone up to like 174. So I, I think we're in the clear. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I, I saw the the previews. I I saw the um, Len trying to be funny, and mm-hmm. it was it was pretty good. I can't wait to see what it becomes. 
it, it really is weird that mm-hmm. uh, the only time it was raining in Southern California mm-hmm. in the last, like, uh, 50 years mm-hmm. that you happened to be at Disneyland. Well, yeah, that was our day at DCA. And, yes, it was. And, in fact, the irony was we're walking around Paradise Pier and there think there was more water in the air than there was in Paradise Bay. But that's a story for another time, folks. And we will be back with a new show in two weeks. So thanks for listening. And on behalf of Mr. Gone, who has to leave very quickly for a a birthday party. Yeah, or otherwise the pizza will be gone. Uh, (laughs) Thanks for listening. And we will be back soon.